I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, welcome back to this week's episode, 22 Minutes to Having It All. This is Marlo Higgins, your host. And this week, we have Michael Zydek. He is a high-performance creative director, three-time Emmy winner, dog lover, and he's from Ventura, California. In his award-winning ROI delivery of strategic creativity in the performance marketing area, this podcast episode goes into the really core fundamentals behind being a creative director and how this conversation weaves was, you know, Michael being really real about the industry itself, pursuing what it was that was truly speaking and resonating for him versus kind of the standard of where he should be and really kind of honoring the process. I mean, we get into the having it all belief system. Is it something that we make for ourselves? Is it something that is guided by others? And so it's just a really, really rich conversation great synergy. We actually prompt him with some true on-point marketing questions about our core desired feelings that are exuded through this brand, which are peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved. What does that actually mean? And so it's just a really fun, great conversation with Michael. So enjoy the episode. Make sure that you visit the website, www.marlohiggins, and sign up for The Daily Something. The Daily Something is a new tool that we've defined and created And it is 240 prompts annually that give you the framework centered around reaching your what if faster. I'm the only coach in the industry who can get you to your what if faster. And so what if I were to do this? Just imagine if we had that goal. So make sure that you visit the website, learn more about the daily something. And we look forward to this episode with Michael. Thank you for being part of it. All right. Okay, Michael, this is going to be really fun. You and I had a connection conversation and wanted to bring you on because just such a stellar synergy of, you know, what you've done as a creative, you know, you're a high performance creative director. And I think that is, uh, you wear many hats into that space. Mm -hmm. So you have ROI delivering strategic creative business, 22 years experience in that space. But describe to us, Michael, like, what does that really mean? So people are listening to this episode. What Mm -hmm. is a high-performance creative director? I've actually been in this business for 30-plus years, a creative director for the 20-plus. And there's always a misconception that somehow creative can't be measured and therefore can't be uh, performing, when in fact creative is about performance. So there's actually a channel in the industry called performance marketing, which relies on analytics and actions that we get customers to take throughout the buying funnel. But for me, you know, really the thing that actually touches and engages 
and kind of seduces a customer to want to engage with a brand is the creative messaging. So that needs to be high performing. It needs to be engaging and needs to be researched and studied uh, to whatever micro, macro segment that you're going to be messaging to and create something that is going to be wonderfully engaging and delightful and make sense to the brand as well. So really kind of talk about it that I'm kind of in the, the uh, business of crazy because I'm really dealing bridging business with emotion. And it's a fact that people, you know, we all have our lizard brain and we tend to make our decisions, our final decisions in the lizard brain. So I am appealing to those emotions and that lizard brain to engage and again, have a contact between the brand and a conversation between brand and customer. And you're so right. I mean, that emotion's everything, right? Because that's what connects us. And why is it so hard? I mean, maybe I should ask you, have you found it hard to get people to bring that emotion or to describe the emotion of a brand when you are doing, you know, creative directive for that messaging and, and bringing that forward? Do you find that that's difficult for most? Well, in the past, in the agency world, it depends on who the client has been. Most clients come into an agency setting already kind of buying into what an agency has to offer and what creative and branding has to offer. So they have a pretty good understanding of, you know, kind of working with the emotional makeup of any particular segment. My current position, you know, I am creative director for a consumer electronics company, and we have a lot of SKUs. We have like 400 plus SKUs to sell. And as it usually is with internal creative and marketing teams, they tend to be seen as a cost center rather than a profit center. So it takes some education on my part, along with the VP of marketing, to kind of educate the rest of the company that actually we're part of the profit-making scheme of the company. I've been successful the last couple of years here, kind of changing the attitudes of sales and products and so that they understand that emotion is just as important as a linear sales strategy. And I've introduced, you know, a a linear logical methodology uh, to kind of have a really nice controlled chaos uh, and ideation that brings us to the execution of stuff that, uh, you know, that I believe will work emotionally for our customers. So it's a little harder when you're an internal team, but I've had some success with it. I would say I've been successful with it here. I think the controlled chaos, Michael, is a creativity component. I would say just by listening to what you've shared there, that that creativity is being deemed as that, you know, that controlled chaos, because it is. I mean, when you're creative, there's so many options, so many directions that you can take. And so it's like reining it in, pulling it forward, and then tagging an emotion to it. Now, I'm just going to kind of throw something out there with you. With our brand, my personal currency exchange of emotion is peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved. We know that, like as a brand, that every interaction that we have with our clients, it's going to be very peaceful. It's going to be very energizing. It's going to be fully empowering. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's the love. Love is the anchor to all. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just infuses into all of our marketing. And I'm curious, what do you hear right there with a brand who knows the feeling so clear? What are you hearing? For your brand? Yeah. Just like what I just described as far as knowing the emotion to the Mm -hmm. brand. It feels like that you are in the talk therapy space. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, you, you, you want to have really safe, almost loving conversations with your client and bring them to, a, you know, a, a place of 
kind of epiphany about themselves uh, and a sense of self-awareness about where to go to next. Oh my God, you are so on point. And obviously this validates not only you as a creative director, but the fact that that's exactly what we do, right? So we're performance coach and performance in order to get the best performance out of somebody is really mm-hmm. helping them understand themselves at the core. And right. no apologies for it. No, you know, no exceptions, yeah. no excuse side is for being who you are, taking your strengths, bringing them big and bold into the world. And when you do that, you have the confidence level to take very high level risk. And that's why we work with entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs have to be risk takers. There has to be a constant sustainability and run to the finish line. Kudos to you. Yeah, but, you know, know, the the brand archetype that I have specified here at Boss Audio is uh, the Rebel with a Cause. And it's because, you know, our brand is aftermarket car stereo, also for power sports, motorcycles and Marines. So it's about people kind of configuring their own sound systems for their absolute pleasure. They like it loud. You know, there's there's a very large um, lowrider car culture out here. It's part of being that culture. So it's a very rebellious nature. And that is kind of the core of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? I don't give a shit. This is what I'm going to do. I love it. Yeah, the rebel spirit shines through. I love it. I love it. Okay, so in the conversation about having it all, as you know, we've talked about it. It's satisfaction, it's fulfillment, it's success. Let's have that conversation today. I mean, success stands alone. But when it comes to satisfaction, fulfillment, I mean, you've had a really long run on your career, Michael. Mm-hmm. Give us an example of a feeling of satisfaction that you've had and why was it so powerful for you? So, you know, I, I think that satisfaction and kind of definition of having it all personal and I think you need to be keenly aware to define it personally and not let an industry or let society define that for you obviously you know those are going to be influences on that and I will also tell you that what you want to be satisfied with and what you want as far as having it all will evolve and change over your life because there was a time in my life where I was young and quite frankly arrogant and you know I just you know punched my way through everything And I'm so much different now than that. I'm going to give you an example that's a tiny example, because I think that you have to find your successes everywhere you can, even the tiny moments. When I first got here, there was someone on my team who was hourly. He had to punch in and out. And he was super talented, video editor, music creator. He he actually had half a million followers on TikTok. And for the life of me, I could not understand why he was not salaried and had a proper title and a proper, you know, and a proper salary. So I fought like hell for him. I worked with finance. I worked with HR. I had to go through tons of case law with California because when it comes to creators here in California, because Hollywood is here, there are very specific, hardcore, deep rules when it comes to exempt status for a resource. But eventually I got it. I got him his title. I got him his really amazing raise. And I remember when I gave him the note, when I gave him the piece of paper with the raise, he started crying. And then I started crying. Yeah. Um, and that was a moment that I savored as I had it all in that moment. I had it all in that week. And I was so grateful and happy that I could do this for someone that deserved it. Well, you made his what if possible. Like his what if I were to get paid X amount doing the talent, you know, set that I have, 
on a greater trajectory and you allowed that to happen for him. And that's yeah. how we look at it, you know, and, and you did it, you did whatever you had to do. Um, yeah. You were not going to give up on it. And, and you found that quite satisfying. And I think there is a uh, satisfaction in the challenge of Absolutely. pursuing something that you think is that impossible. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I like the big things, you know, I love winning awards. I've won a lot of awards. Uh, I like that. You know, I like making a high salary. I love doing work that works. I love being successful with my team. But there's also a part of me now that, you know, I'm going to be 61 this year. Do I want to continue in this industry? What is it do I really want to do now that I've done all of this? So there's a part of me that's really looking at, you know, what my legacy is going to be. How will I leave this place uh, a better place, to a better planet, a better world? And that's why I, you know, grabbed the opportunity of becoming, you know, having a small stake in the startup that I'm part of, because I feel that within the next few years, um, I can retire, I can cash out, and I can do some of the things that I want to do for the world. I mean, you bring that legacy piece forward, Michael, and that's so poignant with having it all, right? It's really already starting to sense and feel what does that legacy look like for you? What is it? What does it feel like when I'm, you know, when I've done all the things and I've checked all the boxes, right? Then it, it's the satisfaction of knowing that you are fully fulfilled, that you've done what you could with the time that you had. And mm-hmm. so that is the essence of, of truly having it all. Okay. So what advice? Somebody's listening to this episode. They're hearing Michael, like kind of throw down, have all these accolades of risk and Asset. I mean, all the things that you've done, what advice do you have for that person who's listening to this episode and is stuck? Now, I found this, I found this out the hard way because there was, again, when I was younger, I was go, 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 get out of my way. I'm going to claw you out of my way. And that tends to be very transactional and you end up feeling fairly empty. So I guess I would refer to Sinead O'Connor had a CD in the 80s where the song Nothing Compares to You came from called I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got. And I think that that is a really nice way to live because I think that that is the definition of gratefulness. When you're grateful in each moment, your moments begin to build and you begin to find pathways into greater moments. And kind of like, you you know, your, your heart and your soul becomes full and it actually is energizing. Now, that's not a weak thing to be grateful. It's a very strong thing to be. I am honest and blunt and you know when i when i make decisions i make decisions that's it i listen to people around me if i'm wrong then i can be proven wrong but being grateful doesn't make you weak i think it makes you better and it makes you want to build oh my god i totally agree with you it's interesting that you put a weakness to it like where where are you pulling that forward from when you're aligning gratitude to weakness michael I think that there's a lot of people that mistake dissatisfaction for gratitude. If, you, if you're having a shitty day, rather than, I mean, listen, I, th- you know, I throw my little tantrums, especially when I'm putting together Ikea furniture. Trust me. <laughs> we all uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That being grateful, even if you have a bad day and taking a look at what went well or what may go well tomorrow is really a strength. And I think a lot of people may see gratefulness as a weakness in that point of view. But I believe that gratefulness is very, very strong. 
Well, and it's also like being the extreme optimist, right? I fall into that suit yeah. and everything's possible, right? My, yeah. I have a futuristic talent set, so I can only see what's possible or just imagine. That's always yeah. the way that things work. Now, from the outside person who who looks at the over-optimistic individual, not the Pollyanna-ish individual, but mm-hmm. um, there's too many rainbows and rabbits. That's not real. How can you live right. like that? I mean, is that really your reality? And actually it is. And it's, it allows so much more to your point when we have that gratitude, the optimism, the positivity, I think that just allows so much more. Yeah. And you know what? It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be depressed. It is. It's okay to be be pissed off and to to mope because that's energy. Now take that energy and just mope into something. Right. Yeah. Do something powerful with it. No, that's good. Okay. So as we come into the close, if you could guide somebody towards greater fulfillment on the experience that you've had, how would you guide them? I guess I would go back to what, you know, what I said about gratefulness and frankly, forgiveness. There's a lot of crap that's going to happen to you in life, family, friends, business, and forgiveness. I know it's a buzzword, you know, no forgiveness, you know. That's so woke, but it's not because what you're doing is you're actually forgiving yourself. It doesn't necessarily have to be for others, but it's for yourself. So I would say actively be grateful and actively forgive and and, and honestly move on. Take, you know, I have failed in my life. I have succeeded in life and they are all lessons to be learned. Absolutely. I can't think of a better way to uh, complete this episode. So, Michael, thank you so much. All your accolades and information will be in our show notes. And so, again, thank you for your time out there in in California. So, thanks again. Thank you very much, Marla. Thanks for listening. Now, if this conversation sparked something for you, can you do me a favor? Go to Apple Podcasts and follow the show and leave a review. Your feedback tells other business leaders like you how it's possible for them to have it all too. Next, if you're a leader with a lot on your plate, I created something just for you. It's called the Daily Something. It's a mobile coaching tool designed to help you create the habit of having it all in your business and your life. So you can learn more about it by going to marlohiggins.com clicking on the daily something in the navigation bar. 